Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Trusted Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go right to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we are about to have with you, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit shall minister to every single listener that is out there today, O oh Lord God. Open their eyes that they may see, open their ears that they may hear, and open their hearts that they may Receive and understand your words here today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We glorify thy most wondrous name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. And right at the onset, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause and go and get your Bible and maybe a pencil, a marker, a piece of paper to take some notes on and so Holy Spirit can, can guide you in how to, to take notes and so that the things that we go over today will be can be revisited by you as the Holy Spirit so guides guides and as things come up in your life. Amen. Praise God. I want you to see for yourself what we're reading and not just listen to my voice, but if you can see for yourself, it'll give you a better understanding about what the Word of God has to say. Amen. Praise God. Well, again, welcome to uh, 2023. Amen. Uh, Another year, another journey, another season for us all, and God has promised that he's going to do new things in this season. Okay, There's new things going to be happening in your life. We're done with 2022 and look back no more on it, but let's move forward into 2023. Amen. God will be doing his uh, new work in you with Jesus beside you and with the Holy Spirit that is here to guide you. Amen. However, we must be sure, we must be careful that we don't get sidetracked or, or, or deterred from fulfilling God's will for us. All right. He has a plan for us. So we need to make sure that we, we, we stay focused and don't let the, let the enemy, uh, uh, sidetrack us and take us someplace else where God does not want us to go. You know, and how can this happen? You know, well, first of all, you have to understand that the enemy wants you back into the old stressful life. He wants you back where you were in 2022. He wants you back with the old, the old habits, the old fears, the old worries, and and so forth. He wants you to behave like you did in 22. But God is bringing you, or has brought you out of that, and He's going to bring you into, into greater things. Okay, and to look look at, at how that happened, you know, we can see what happened with Israel. Okay, when they came out of Egypt. Okay, as you know, in Exodus 14, uh, Pharaoh let the people go. But he also, after Israel was gone, if you, if you go and look at the scriptures there, it says that Pharaoh talking with his people, he said, gee whiz, why did we let them go? You know, why did we let them go? I mean, after all, they had they had served them for so many years and so forth. And, and he said, why did we let them go? He said, we're going to go and get them back. So Pharaoh decided to go and get them back. And if you read the scriptures, it said there that, that, that it says that Pharaoh said that they are trapped. They can't go anyplace. Okay. Because they were wandering into the desert there. And Pharaoh knew that on one side, there's nothing but this great ocean, the Red Sea. And so he figured that they were trapped, that they were landlocked. Okay. Pharaoh didn't know how great, how great Israel's God was, how great our God is. Okay. So he, so he wanted to bring, bring them back again into bondage. All right. 
And that's the way the enemy works in our lives. Once you get set free from the bondage of Satan, once you get you get to realize who exactly he is, you know, and and Holy Spirit sets you free of his dominion. He wants to bring you back to where you were. So we don't want to be brought back into 2022. Okay, and he tries to bring us back because he wants to control us. He wants to control our lives. He wants to control how we how we think. Okay, and, and control is what Satan is all about. This is how he operates. If he can control your mind and control your thinking, he can control your body and your actions and everything else. Okay, so the same way Pharaoh wanted to bring Israel back, the devil wants to bring you back into where you were in 2022. In 2023, we need to maintain our freedom from the bondages of 2022. Psalms 119, 133 to 34 says, Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man. So will I keep thy precepts. Okay. 134 again, verse 134 again. Deliver me from the oppression of man. So will I keep thy precepts. All right. The ways that the enemy can get us off our game and keep us oppressed and in bondage uh, to worry and anxiety and fear is through deception and, and control. Okay, and when I say oppression, I'm not talking about any kind of ethnic ethnic oppression or racial oppression or, or any gender oppression. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of oppression that is much deeper and greater than racial, ethnic, and gender kind of issues that we see up there to, out here today. We're talking about oppression of your spirit and of your mind. Okay, to all things, all things that are are are, are of God to keep you oppressed so that you cannot flourish and grow in God. This is how he wants to, to behave. Okay, and if he's successful, he'll bring you right back to where you were in nineteen uh, in twenty twenty two. There are many kinds of people out there, out there with a controlling spirit. Okay, I said a minute ago, the devil uses deception and control. There are many kinds of people with a controlling spirit out there, and they desire to control everyone around them for their own purposes and gain. Okay, that if they can have their way, that's what they would love to do. They love to control and guide everyone that is out there. We can see so much of this on social media and in the news media. Okay, and I won't get into naming all of the social media. You know which ones they are. But if you go on there, you see all sorts of people that have opinion and opinions and views about various ranges of subject matter. And that's what they want to do. They want to sway you. They want to control you to think and behave the way they do. Okay. In this day and age, we have to be careful and use Holy Spirit wisdom and guidance when reading and listening to these sources of so-called information. Okay. You turn on the news, you listen to the news again, social media, whatever. You really need some, some Holy Spirit guidance because there are so many people out there that have a voice and they want their voices to be heard. They want you to bow down and believe their voices. Okay. There are those who want to be in control, to put it simply. But whether it is in a marriage, whether it's in the ministry, in interpersonal relationships or at work, there are controlling personalities and spirits that seek to bring other people under their power, position and influence. Okay, it's all around us, all around us. Many men have tried to do this, even leaders over nations like Hitler or Stalin. All dictatorships and other such people seek to control everyone around them. This is what those dictators wanted to do. They wanted to control the entire country, okay, millions of people, you know, to have them bowing to their every whim, buying, bowing to their way of, way of thinking. Okay, this is what that controlling spirit, spirit uh, does. Okay, they've tried it over nations, you know, they've tried it over, over uh, many different groups of people. But these spirits are all around us. 
They are working in businesses. They're working in homes and in churches, men over men or women, women over women uh, or men, constantly working to bring and keep others in bondage to them and their whims. Okay, this is what's going on today. And if you stop and you think about what you're reading and what you're hearing and what you see happening around you, you'll see that, 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 that there are so many forces that are at work that are trying to get your mind, trying to get you to think and believe and act and react the way they do. We can see that this is, is, is what is called and what is referred to as a Jezebel spirit. Okay, it's called a Jezebel spirit. And, and it's very much in operation today, all right? Referred to as a Jezebel spirit. There are a variety of opinions out there about what constitutes, what makes up a, Je- a Jezebel spirit, okay? Everything from, um, from sexual looseness in a woman, you've probably heard, of, heard the, the phrase, oh, gee whiz, what a Jezebel she is, what a Jezebel she is, you know? That's referring to a, a woman that is, is rather loose, her morals are kind of loose, you know? But it also goes to the teaching of false doctrine by a man or a woman. Okay, a man can also be influenced by the Jezebel spirit. Okay, and we're going to get into that a little bit, a little bit today to see exactly why this is so. The Bible does not mention the Jezebel spirit, so don't go searching for the term or the words Jezebel spirit, although it has plenty to say about Jezebel herself. Okay, plenty to say. And we can see by her actions and how she behaved exactly why it is referred to as a Jezebel spirit. Okay, Jezebel's story is found in one and two Kings. She was the daughter of Ethbaal, king of Tyre, Sidon, and priest of the cult of Baal. Okay, the cult of Baal was a cruel and a revolting false god whose worship involved all sorts of sexual deviance. This is bad news. This Baal was a bad, bad, bad cult. And if we go to, uh, we go to Kings 1628. Go to Kings 1628. Thank you. I'm sorry. 1 Kings 1628. 1 Kings 16, verse number 28, <clears throat> we see, we, we kind of start at the beginning here, okay, going back to Ahab, who was, her, who was her, her husband, okay, so verse 28, so Omri slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria, and Ahab, his son, reigned in his stead, so this is where Ahab comes on the scene, verse 29, and in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. Don't forget, during that time, Judah and Israel were split, okay? So you had uh, Asa, king of Judah, began began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 20 and 2 years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, above all that were before him, Okay? This is where Ahab is really doing a lot of sinning, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel. Okay, this is where we first see her mentioned here now where she married Ahab. He took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of, of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Okay, so now she was a Baal worshiper. She was a worshiper of this false god, this demon. She was a worshiper, and she worshipped him and served him. Verse 32, and he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. 
Okay, so he married this woman Jezebel, and right away he starts following after her practices. He falls in hook, line, and sinker, and it says that that he made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Okay, so it goes down here. It's noted and documented that after Jezebel, he went on and started following her ways. Forget about the God of Israel, but he went on and started following following uh, her, her ways. Okay, now you you see that there there are two incidents in the life of Jezebel that characterize her and may define what is meant by the Jezebel spirit. And we want to look at that today, okay? Because we want to see how that Jezebel spirit plays into into dividing God's people, okay? And and, and exerting tremendous control and everything in order to get her away, okay? One trait of her her, uh, character is is her obsessive uh, passion for domineering and controlling others especially in the spirit realm. This is what we're talking about here, okay? She was obsessed with it. She was, you know, with this with this uh, demon, this false god, Baal, and she wanted to control people. When she became queen, she began a relentless campaign to rid Israel of all of the evidences of, of Israel's worship of God, okay? That's what she decided to do, okay? These people are going to follow Baal. Right now, they're worshiping this so-called God, their God. I want to rid, get rid of all, all evidence of that and get the people to follow me and to follow behind Baal, all right? She ordered the extermination of all of the prophets of the Lord, okay? And if we see, if we go to 1 Kings 18, verse 4, Go to 1 Kings 18, verse 4. And I'm just going to read briefly there. 1 Kings 18, verse number 4. It says, For it was so, when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And if you go down to 13, you see again where she say, it says there, Was it not told, told my Lord? What I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hit a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by 50 in the cave and fed them with bread and water. All right. So he's trying to save these prophets as best as possible. But she is going out full bore to slay the prophets of the Lord. Okay. She does not want anyone prophesying or talking about the God of Israel. Okay. She wants to eliminate them all altogether. And we kind of see that going on today. All right now, thank God you're not hearing about mass uh, killing or slaying, you know, you know, of pastors, evangelists, and things like that. But the but the effort is out there from a, a spiritual and from a a, um, a mental point of view, if you will, because there are forces out there that would love to have us stop talking about Jesus. They want to stamp out God in in the in the, in the workplace. They want to stamp out God in the schools. They would like to stamp God out of our conversation. Okay, and again, that is for control. If we have no God to worship. If we have no God to depend on, if we have no God to rely on, if we have no God in which we can put our hope, then guess what? Then we wind up hoping and, 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 and wishing that man can guide us, okay? And this is what they would love to do. They would love to get God out of the picture so that the government or those that are in charge or other groups, other people are the only ones out there that we can, can hope for any kind of salvation, that we can, we can hope, look to for, um, for our livelihoods, you know, for even food for that matter if they had their way. Amen. Amen. Okay. So you see, see what Jezebel here again. I want to look at here. What is this Jezebel spirit like? And what is her main uh, MO? What is her method of operation? And how we can see that very much in progress today. Okay. Now, and then she killed all of, all of these prophets of the Lord there. And her greatest enemy was Elijah, the prophet Elijah. 
okay, who demanded, wound up, wound up demanding a contest on Mount Carmel. We're going to read a bit about it in a minute between the powers of, of Israel's God and the powers of Jezebel and the priests of Baal. Okay. All right. There came a time now that, okay, Jezebel is trying to kill all the prophets here and, and trying to erase God, you know, from the people. Okay. So now there's a contest going to come up. And if we see, uh, go to 1 Kings 18, verse 21. 18, and we're going to start with verse 21. Matter of fact, why don't we start at verse 17 so you can kind of kind of get it in context here. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubles Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baalim. Now, therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, 450 and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered together the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Okay, so Elijah is saying now, okay, let's gather all these prophets together, prophets of Baal. Okay, get them all together. And he says here in verse 21, and Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. In other words, how long are you going to keep on vacillating, going back and forth between the two gods? Either you're going to worship the true God of Israel or you're going to worship this God, Baal, the demon God, the false God. OK, how long are you going to be hindered, be, be uh, going back and forth between these two decisions? OK, or as it says here, how long you halt between two opinions. If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if it's Baal, then you follow him. OK, but get off the fence. Then it says in 22, then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, two bulls, and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under and then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Okay. So he said, okay, you get together a, a bull carcass. You get, we have one. Okay. Put no fire under it at this point. Okay. And then you're going to call upon your God and I'm going to call upon my God, the true God, the God of Israel. Okay. Then it goes on to say, um, Verse 25, and Elijah said unto all the, unto the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for you are many and call on the name of your gods. Again, put no fire under it. And they took the bullock which was given them and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning, from morning even until noon saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar, which was made. Okay. So they dressed the bull. In other words, they cut it up or displayed it or whatever they had to do to get the bull ready. Then they started calling on this Baal, but there's no voice. There's no answer. Okay. We know why they're calling out to a false God, right? They're calling to a false God, right? Called upon him and there was no answer. And then, and they leaped upon the altar, which was made. Okay. So now they're, they're getting kind of worked up here. Then it says in 27, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. 
Either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is in a journey or peradventure he sleeps and must be awakened. I, I love that where he, he's, you know, he's kind of cracking the joke and he, he's cracking on, he's laughing at him. Okay. Yeah. You're calling upon him. What is he doing? Is he asleep? Is he off on a journey someplace? Or, but he's not answering you. Obviously, where is he? Is, is he there? Okay. And verse 28 says, and they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. Now I'm, I'm thinking about these silly people, you know, as boy, if some, some good Christian um, uh, producer or director or playwright or something could write this and make a movie out of it. it would be really awesome to see, you know, that these people are now, they're trying to call this false god, they're, they're trying to get his attention, and now they've resorted to cutting themselves and everything, and they're bleeding all over the place, and this god Baal still has not answered them, okay? The blood gushed out upon them. Verse 29 says, and it came to pass when midday was passed, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any answer nor any that regarded, okay? So all day long, they were out there with these shenanigans, jumping up and down and crying out and cutting on themselves, blood all over the place. But this so-called God, Baal, not a word, not a word. Verse 30, and Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Okay. Now, not only is he putting, putting wood, but now he's putting water on the wood, putting water on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And he did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And he did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water. So he's got this wet thing now up here (laughs) that's soaking and sobbing wet with water on top of wood. All right. You can picture that now. Okay, this 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 sacrifice or this thing is is soaking wet. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah, the prophet, came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, hear me, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire, please underline verse 38 here, all right? Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt fat sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Okay, so not only did God just not only did he did he ignite ignite the bullock that was there, but he burned the wood and even the water was 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 just dried up from the power of this fire that Lord God sent down. Okay, all right. Elijah had set the stage here. He said, "If Baal is so great, you know, you prophets, you call on this God of yours. Let him answer. Let him perform. Let him speak up. Let him do something." But there was not a peep from the so-called Baal God. Our God, the God of Israel, boy, did he answer, did he respond. He responded with fire, with power, and with might to the point of igniting that sacrifice in the wood and the water that was there, and everything was dried up, okay? That was in the trench. God responded to the prayer of Elijah. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, the Lord, uh, 
the Lord, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Okay. Our God triumphs tremendously, triumphed tremendously. Okay. Now all of this was observed by, by Ahab, Jezebel's husband. All of this was observed by Jezebel, the power of the true God, the power and the might that our God brings about. Okay. But do you think that did any good? All right. You think Jezebel, Ahab, you know, turned from their evil ways? Okay. Our God's an awesome, awesome and a powerful God, and he will not be mocked. God is there listening if you need to call out to him. He will, he, he, he will burn up any, any, any adverse things that are going on in your life, anything that is trying to, to, to stop you and hinder you from being all that he wants you to be. You worship, you worship an awesome and a powerful God. Okay. Awesome and a powerful God. There are those that are around us today that think that by eliminating all talk of Jesus Christ with a, and, 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 with a, uh, and try to eliminate our worship in God. Again, like I said, they haven't gone to the point of, of, of killing prophets and apostles and pastors and so on, but they would still like to control us to the point that we cannot speak of God. But we have a powerful God. And in the scriptures here, of course, God, God won. But despite hearing of the miraculous powers of the Lord, Jezebel refused to repent and swore on her gods that she would pursue Elijah relentlessly to take his life. She didn't like the way that she was shown up. Ahab certainly didn't like it, that all of her powerful Baal prophets were, were humiliated the way they did. Okay, and that, and that Elijah's God really showed up, really showed up and, 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 and displayed the power of his might. Okay, and if we go to we go to uh, uh, Kings nineteen verse number one. Kings nineteen verse number one. Okay, see that because of the fact that she was uh, um, um, mad at Elijah, burnt up about what he had did done, he had humiliated her. All right, so it says here in verse number one, nineteen one, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Okay. So what she decided to do, I'm, I'm, I'm going to intimidate Elijah. He made me look bad. And she said, I'm telling you that, that, that our, our, I'm, I'm going to do you in. Okay. How does she put it? She said that, our, uh, she said, Jezebel sent a message saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So she sent a, th- a threat out to Elijah. And Elijah, this powerful man of God, and this is a sermon into itself even, but Elijah, this powerful man of God who had done so many miracles and so many works and things like that, all of a sudden he, he became threatened. He got afraid for his life and he did indeed flee. He fled into the wilderness. All right. And of course the God, God took care of him while he was in, while he was in that that wilderness and sent him off on a mission. And God provided the whole time and protected Elijah. Okay. But the point that I want you to see though, is, is that how she was seeking retribution. Okay. She was seeking revenge. Okay. On the man who had, who had made her look bad. Okay. 
those forces of control in the year 2023, those forces, those people that would try to be in, in, in control of our lives, of you and of me, they exist out there today. They want us to bow down and not to worship our God, but to bow down and worship their God. Okay? And their God takes the form of many, many things. And that's all of the things that we see that's going on wrong with our culture, wrong with our society today, going on wrong with our country, with the world. Okay, These are the things that they would love to see us to bow down to. Amen. Amen. So then we see here that that are, um, in addition to that, that there was a second incident uh, involving uh, Jezebel here. OK, which involved a righteous man named Naboth who refused to sell land uh, that was near the palace that was near Ahab's palace. If you go to one Kings 21, verse number one. One Kings. One Kings 21. One Kings 21, verse one. 1 Kings 21, verse 1. Make sure that you got that straight. 1 Kings 21, verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Okay, in other words, near the palace of Ahab. And Ahab spoke unto Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Okay? So out of the blue here now, this guy is saying, because you have land that's near me, I want it for a vineyard. Why don't you just give it to me? I'll give you a trade or give you some money for it, but why don't you just give it to me? Okay? But Naboth, in verse 3, said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto you. Okay, in accordance with, with Israel law, Israeli law and whatnot, you couldn't do that. You can't just be giving someone, uh, you know, someone else uh, land that is brought down in your family. You just can't go giving it. God blessed it and so on like that. You just can't go giving it away. Okay. And Ahab said, verse four, and Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word that Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken unto him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and with face and eat no bread. Okay. So here this Ahab, you know, like, like a spoiled brat now. He was denied. He was told no. Someone would not give him what he wanted. So he decided that he's going to go and sulk. sulk. He wouldn't eat, lay down on his bed. He was just mad like a little brat. I imagine he was pounding on the floor and kicking his feet. Okay, he was very, very, very upset because he had been turned down. Verse number five says, but Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, why is your spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? She's saying, why are you laying in here? Jezebel is saying, why are you laying down in here? Why are you so sad and in dismay like this? You're not even eating to the point of eating. What could be troubling you, Ahab, to the point that you're, you're behaving? You're behaving like this. Verse number six says, and he said unto her, because I spoke to Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said unto him, give me thy vineyard for money, or else if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, and he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. So he says, this is what, what he told me. And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, dost thou know, now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Okay. So, so, so first, you know, she mocked him. She said, aren't you the king? Aren't you the king? 
you know, get up, get yourself together. And don't worry, I will get the vineyard. Okay. So this Jezebel now, she's taken upon herself because again, you, you know, she, she's a very aggressive kind of personality. She doesn't believe in taking no for an answer and she wants to get her way, regardless of who might be, uh, might, might be hurt in the meantime. Okay. So while he's sulked and fumed on his bed, Jezebel just taunted and ridiculed him for his weakness. And we see this, we see the same domineering approach today where some people will taunt and ridicule to get their way. We see the same thing going on today, right? If someone is told no about something, they don't want to go for that, not at all. They want to make sure, they want to make sure that they do whatever they have to do to get their way. We see this happening in youngsters today also, by the way, and, and that again is thoughts in the, in the home. We need to train up our children to understand that it's sometimes things don't go our way. Okay, but we don't start sulking about it and start getting all, all upset. If things don't go go our way, we Christians, we go to the Lord and say, well, Lord, this didn't happen, this, that, that, and so on like that. And God may tell us why it didn't, or you may open another door that's bigger or better. But he was sulking, okay? But the point I want to see, I want you to see here, is her response, all right? She, she said that I will get it. I, I will get it. Okay, so how does she want to go about doing this? Now, this is where we see, I talked about people like this, that they, they use deception, Use deception, deceit, lying, you know, conniving, whatever they need to do to get their way. And again, we see this happening today around us. Okay, all right. And so, so, so again, she says, uh, um, so verse number eight, number eight, she says, uh, so she wrote letters in Ahab's name. She wrote letters in Ahab's name, the king, and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. Okay, she wrote to the, she wrote to those that were in charge, so to speak, over the man who would not give up his vineyard. Okay, okay, and she wrote in the letter saying, "Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people, and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die." Okay. In other words, she framed him. She wanted to frame him. Send these two guys out there to say that, that this guy, this Naboth, who would not give my husband Ahab his land. Okay. Tell those people that, uh, that he was blaspheming God and also talking against the king so that you can kill him, take him out and stone him. Wow. What an evil woman. The length that she's willing to go to, to frame somebody, to set someone up. Okay. Now, I won't get into the politics of today and this, this day and age, age that we live in, but we certainly know that there are people out there that also do other dastardly things to get people into, uh, to get people canceled, you know, to get them canceled, uh, uh, to, to get their businesses shut down or whatever they have to do in order to shut up that voice, in order to, in, in order to change their thinking, in order to influence the behaviors of those people that are around that particular individual. We see that happening today. Okay. So that spirit is very much alive and well in 2023, as it was back here in ancient times. Okay, right. So she will stop at nothing. She's willing to frame this innocent individual simply because, in fact, he did not want to give up his land to frame him so that they will wind up killing him. Verse number 11 says, and the men and the men of, uh, of the city. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants of his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. 
They proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned. They sent to Jezebel and said, Naboth is stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of the Jezreelite. Arise, take possession of the vineyard, which he refused to give thee for money. For Naboth is not alive, but dead. And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up and uh, rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the, the Jezreelite, and took possession of it. Wow. Isn't that something? She lied and had this man killed, had this man executed just so that her husband could, could get that land that he wanted. Naboth's sons were also stoned to death so there would be no heirs and that the land would automatically revert to the possession of the king. Right. When Jezebel heard that she was dead, she probably celebrated and told Ahab to go and take the land. Such a single-minded, conniving determination to have one's way, no matter who is destroyed in the process, is a characteristic of the Jezebel spirit that is present today, as I said before. Okay. It's still out there today. Her stubborn refusal to see and to submit to the power of the living God would lead to her hideous end. You see that in, in 2 Kings 9. 29 to 37. She was killed in a, well, as a matter of fact, why don't we go there? Go there. 2 Kings 9. 2 Kings 9. Kings 9, verse 29. 2 Kings 9, verse 29. And in the eleventh year of Joram, Joram, the son of Ahab, began as a as a Ahaziah, Ahaziah, sorry, to reign over Judah. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tied her head, and tied her head and looked out at a window. And as Jehu entered in the gate, she said, Had Zimri peace who slew his master? He lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And they looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, throw her down. So they told my Jezebel. He said, throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses. And he trod her underfoot. And when he was come in, he did, did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hand. Wherefore, they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. Okay, So she met a horrible fate. She would not repent. She would not repent of her evil ways and admit that God is God. Okay, And so she wound up dying a horrible death. So infamous was Jezebel's sexual immorality and idol worship that the Lord Jesus himself refers to her in a warning to the church of Thyatira. You can see that in Revelation 2, verse 18. There's a warning about Jezebel there. The scripture is most likely there, if you go there, is most likely referring to a woman in the church who influenced it in the same way that Jezebel influenced Israel into idolatry and sexual immorality and sin. 
Jesus declares to the Thyatirans that she is not to be tolerated. This is in Revelation. Whoever this woman was, like Jezebel, she refused to repent of her immorality and her false teaching, and her fate was sealed. Her fate was sealed. Okay? Okay? So they had moved forward now from Old Testament times, way back now, moving forward, rather, to when uh, Revelation was written, as we know, in the New Testament, end of the New Testament there. And in the, the Revelation, within Revelation, Jesus Christ refers to her, okay, as the woman who was perverting the church at Thyatira. Okay, and we know this was centuries later. So therefore, it's talking about, about a spiritual action here, okay, a spiritual behavior. And that spiritual behavior, again, is very much present in today's age. Amen. Amen. So in 2023, we need to make sure that, make sure that, that, that we're cautious, that we're not letting ourselves just be pushed around and guided in any way that, that uh, God does not want us to go. All right. We need to make sure of that. Whoever this woman was, like Jezebel, she refused to repent, and she met her end. The Lord Jesus cast her onto a sickbed, it says in Revelation, along with those who committed idolatry with her. The end for those who succumb to a Jezebel spirit is always death and destruction, both in the physical and in the spiritual sense. Again, we see a lot of that going on. And as I said, stated earlier, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in interpersonal relationships or work, there are controlling personalities and spirits that seek to bring other people under their power, position and influence. Right. And we don't want to be under the influence of those that are trying to control us in that fashion. Not at all. We have one God, Lord God, Jehovah, Elohim, El Shaddai, Yahweh. He's the only being in the universe that we are to bow down and worship. He's the only unit, one in the universe. He's the only one in the universe that we are to let ourselves be controlled by, if you will, to be guided by. Right. The controlling spirits that are out there in the world today, we want to make sure that we are aware of them and we keep our eyes and our spirits open, not open to them, but open to hear from Holy Spirit so that we can make sure that we don't fall, um, fall captive to their, to, their, to their schemes because that's what they are. They love to shut us down, love to shut you down. They don't want you to know God. They don't want you to benefit from the wondrous things that God has to offer. They want to be able to control you. We have to, to always look to our source, which is God, for information and guidance and not be swayed by the voices of those seeking only to control and guide in accordance with ungodly agendas. There are so many agendas out there today. So many agendas. If you don't have Holy Spirit guidance, you don't know who to believe. You know, one year they say this is good for you. Another year they say that very same thing is not good for you. Okay. Okay. Do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do this. There are so many voices, so many voices with so many agendas. We are free in Christ Jesus to make godly decisions. We are free in Christ Jesus to make godly decisions. And we have been delivered from, from, from bondage, from any kind of bondage that, that any man's way of thinking or action can bring us into. Right. We don't want to go back into bondage again. 2022 is, is gone. Okay, whatever issues you may have had back in 22, they're gone. You're in 23 and God is doing a new thing in your life. Just make sure that you are always aware of Holy Spirit in you. That you're aware of Lord Jesus. You're aware of God the Father. And that this is who you look to for, for, for your life. For guidance, for your actions, for decisions, especially for decisions. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And, and if it was, why don't you uh, let someone else know where we can be found? We can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net. That's www.genesis1.sermon.net. If you look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that and you'll be automatically notified when other uh, messages are available. Uh, we're on YouTube, Genesis One, dot, uh, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Sorry, Genesis One Christian Ministries on YouTube, and we have our apps, free apps for Android and Apple phones. Okay, and they can be found at their respective Play stores. All free of charge. Again, just download them. Uh, you know, at your pleasure. And all of the messages are also free to download. You know, either the video portion or audio only. Either one. They're all free to download and pass them around. Let them know. Again, if you've been blessed, let someone else know. So they too may be blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We worship the Lord of Lord all. Oh my gosh. I, I get so, so excited when I just even speak his name. We worship him. We bow down to him and he's there to protect us, to watch over us and to guide us. We should be so thankful for him. Amen. We're going to be closing prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. We pray in the name of Jesus that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, that we shall remember the things that we've read here today, O oh Lord God, and know that that controlling spirit is still out there today and that we shall not fall victim to it, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Let us also be mindful, Lord God, of who you are and who we are in you, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let us always seek your face for guidance, O oh Lord God. Let Holy Spirit within us speak to us and, 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 and plant our steps every single day of our lives, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go forth and be blessed. Okay. Remember what you've heard here today. Do some further reading on your own. These, these scriptures in uh, King, 1 Kings and 2 Kings is really awesome concerning the Spirit. It'll be, be, be an eye-opener for you. I didn't cover every single little detail because of time, obviously, but uh, read it and you'll see. And that Holy Spirit minister to you. Amen. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord.